and welcome back to the latest episode of the Mouth of Time podcast brought to you by the Shields Gazette. I'm Joe Buck, joining me today is Dominic Skirt and Miles Starforth to discuss all, everything Newcastle United and everything transfer related. Today, as we record, it's Wednesday, 14th of June, the domestic transfer window has opened. Newcastle United have already been busy in the market, we'll touch on that later, but fresh off the press, news that broke at one o'clock today that uh, Newcastle United have re- released their retain list ahead of the 2023-24 season. Um, Chief among those, we've seen that Kieran Clark and Matty Longstaff, their time at the club will come to an end this summer. Clark will leave at the end of his contract. Longstaff will stay on to help re- rehabilitate an ACL injury, but he will leave as a free agent. Uh, Matt Ritchie, he signed a, what he's had a one-year extension on his contract triggered, so he'll stay at the club for another 12 months. And the club have announced that they're in talks with Paul Dummett and Loris Carries over new deals. So, Miles, I've had no time to digest all that. Um, I think the main things to think about there are the, are the rich, Richie extension and the, the proposed extension to Dummett and Carries. We talked about it last week. We we thought that might happen. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about the retain list from the club? Well, we knew Eddie Howe's keenness to keep uh, Dummett and Richie. Certainly, guess what? We didn't know that they, there was a clause in Richie's contract where which could be activated. Um, I don't think the club would have activated that if, if Richie didn't want to stay. Um, obviously, we, we've talked about his situation, his, his family being on the South Coast. That's not ideal for him, nor is the lack of football. But um, he's been at this club since 2016. And uh, having been such a big part of this club's journey, the prospect of staying and, and being part of a, a Champions League campaign um, was obviously very, very um, persuasive on his part. Paul Dummett would expect him to agree a new deal. As for Loris Carius, I guess it depends on what offers he gets elsewhere. Um, also, uh, I guess a surprise was was Mark Gillespie signing another contract. He was a there was a question mark over his future. His contract had ended. Um, bear in mind, in three years, he's made three cup appearances, so he hasn't played much much football at all. But uh, they're going to need a big squad, and uh, Eddie Howe clearly sees a role for him next season. Absolutely, I think. For me, that was the main thing that they, they're clearly valuing the squad, not just the, the amount of people in the but I think the dynamics as well. We all know Richie and Dummett are seen as good people behind the scenes. Now, Dom ahead of the Champions League uh, campaign, obviously there's homegrown rules with Dummett in particular fits in nicely. But how important is it to get for them names that maybe aren't getting the game time, but to keep the squad sort of familiarity and you know to not have too many people coming in to break up that squad unity? Because it has really helped them over the last season or so, hasn't it? Yeah, it's important as and as you say, like Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett have been really, really important players behind the scenes on the training ground for Newcastle this season. You see, Paul Dummett, even when he's not in the squad, he's he's going to the away games. He's bringing his exercise exercise bike, keeping fit. And uh, Mark Gillespie as well is is another one who who falls into that bracket. He's just probably not not like. Dummett and Richie's never had that sort of regular first team football at Newcastle. But yeah, the homegrown aspect in terms of Dummett would would be ideal to see him stay. And I think um just the the image of seeing Matt Ritchie coming on as a substitute at, at the Bernabeu or something like that would would just be surreal, really, after after the time he spent at the club in the, the dark days helping the club get promoted from the championship. So yeah, it's 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 good to see. Um and hopefully Newcastle can can bolster this squad because hopefully it's not a a sort of warning sign, if you like, where they're padding out the squad with with players who ultimately aren't going to get regular first team football. Hopefully it's it's a sign of um, things to come where in the transfer window Newcastle can significantly improve on that squad. Absolutely, I think we will touch on some of the names that have been linked 
uh, with a move. But as I mentioned, Newcastle have already completed their first summer signing. Uh, Jan Kuba Minter signed from Odense in Denmark for an undisclosed fee, believed to be around seven million pounds. Now he won't join the club when in July or when when that deal made into a thing. He will go to Feyenoord on loan. Uh, for the season, final just won Eredivisie. They'll be playing Champions League football. Miles, what are the limited? What we know about Minter, you know, is Denmark. I, I don't keep up with the Denmark Super League. I'm not sure many many people do. But what sort of do you know about that sign? And, and what sort of statement does that make about the future that they're willing to spend seventy seven million pounds, sorry, on a player who's only played really one one year of first team football? Well, I think that fee tells us how highly they rate this player. Um, I spoke to a journalist in in Denmark. Um, Got a few details. Can play on either side. Very quick, um, and he, you know he scored minutes into his debut. It, last season was his breakthrough season. Um, so a lot of talent there, and it, and it's. I think what's pleased me is that the, the early plan for him that's going to help everyone. Um, and he's going to a big big club in Feyenoord next season. That's that looks to be a terrific loan move. Uh, one that will really kind of ready him um, potentially to for first team football at Newcastle United. So that so that's certainly a positive. But uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's certainly um certainly a positive to have that that big loan move there in place already. Um and a very quick player I say either side, and uh, certainly excited people in Odense, and, and they seem to be happy with having played a part, and uh, they re- recognise that their own club as a stepping stone in this instance. And um, let's hope he progresses uh, to the first team here. And Dom, let's we've seen that you know the signed Garan Kual in January. Obviously, he moved on to Heart. It's it's good for the future that they're getting these deals in early and getting these you know really promising players on board, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, like Miles says, it's, it's it's serious stuff. You go into to Feyenoord, the no no minnows. It's it's a step up from the, from the likes of uh, Grand Qual and going to Hart. Um, Feyenoord, like you say, the the Dutch champions. They'll be pot one in the Champions League next season. Could potentially face Newcastle in the Champions League. So going there, if he makes an impact, um, you'd argue if he if he could get a few goals and play regularly there. He, next season um you're looking at could he be ready for the first team because if that's the caliber of loan he's got in newcastle we've spoke about the restrictions of financial fair play they do have to look longer term think outside the box slightly and eddie howe's always stressed that if you can get a first team ready player um maybe in a few years time if you know what i mean but so you can get a first team ready player now for say 50 million pound or you can get a much younger player who for significantly less money, seven million pounds. Who, in a few years' time, could be worth fifty million and could be ready for the first team. So it's just about finding that right balance. And, and Newcastle seems a small piece of business, but like you say, we'll we'll find out in in the in the coming years whether whether it proves to be a sound investment. Absolutely, I think that obviously we won't see the as you mentioned, we won't see the impact of that sign until at least you know twelve months down the down the line but one player that we hope or we you know has been linked with Newcastle and we hope that we could make an immediate impact is James Madison from Leicester reports this week that Newcastle you know lead the race for him um Tottenham are very hot on his signature is Dom is Madison the sort of signing you'd be excited about and someone that would be able to you know is a sort of statement signing Newcastle need heading into the Champions League and you know the Premier League next year yeah I would be excited about him I mean 
Newcastle played Leicester twice last season. I don't think we saw the best of James Madison, but for a team that got relegated to put in 10 goals and, and nine assists, those sort of figures, Newcastle finished fourth and, and there wasn't really a player who who could be compared to James Madison in terms of the figures. I think Miguel Almiron, 11 goals, four assists is probably as close as you're going to get, really. Um, Callum Wilson also got a few assists as well. But um, yeah, the creative sort of output and and the quality in and around the box that James Madison would bring uh, to a Newcastle side who who sometimes, last season, certainly not towards the end, but at times, um, particularly after the World Cup, did lack that cutting edge. And James Madison from set pieces, from, um, like I say, in and around the box, making those runs, his movement um, would be a step up from what Newcastle currently have. The, the one thing I would say is, if Leicester wanting £60 million, he's got a year left on his contract. He's 26 years old. It's, in football in terms, not particularly young. Um, that would potentially be a bit of a put-off. But if they could get anything under £50 million, I'd say it's a, it would be a great piece of business for Newcastle. And we, we could see uh, a Madison-Wilson-Trippier link up this week with England duty. We've seen a couple of teasers on social media of, of uh, him and Callum, Madison and Callum Wilson, especially playing at uh, pool and things like that. But just, Miles, what, what are your thoughts on Madison? And would that price, as Don mentioned, your £60 million, would that put you off if you were if you were making the deal, considering all the financial fair play you know, considerations they've got to take into account. Well, that's exactly, as, as Dom said, it's going to come down at the price. The club was given some encouragement uh, last summer that they could get Madison, so they, they went in, they couldn't agree a price. And here we are 12 months later um, and uh, we're in, in the same position. So, you know, talk of 60 million for players, Dom says, with the year left and his, his, his deal, whether he plays for England or not, it, it looks looks far too steep. Um, very early, you know, very early in the summer, early in the window, you would uh, you would hope they can come to some agreement. Uh, obviously, there's you know as you mentioned, there's Tottenham. There'll be other big clubs interested in, him, but they won't be a lot off necessarily uh, what Newcastle United can offer, which is Champions League football. And and as you say, Wilson and and the others in the England squad uh, will have, will be letting exactly know letting him know exactly what it's like uh, playing for the club, playing at St James's Park. Um, so I think Newcastle have got a lot you know some strong cards in their hand. Um, so let's see how this plays out. Yeah, we've we've seen Madison and numerous other, you know, marquee elite signing sort of name. But there was one name that cropped up this week was uh, Felix N- Felix Nemecha from Wolfsburg. Now he's a twenty-two-year-old midfielder, sort of tall, very tall, very physical, sort of similar in my head, similar to sort of Joe Willick, Joe Linton type playing style. Now he's reportedly going to be available for about fifteen million pound. Now it's not the elite marquee name that we'll, you know we all expect. No supporters might want to see, but deals like that are going to be really important. To help, you know, bolster the squad and help with them financial fair play constraints, aren't they, Dom? Absolutely, and you have to remember Newcastle still haven't replaced John Joe Shelby. They need midfielders this summer. You'd argue they needed midfielders back in January. So, I think a, a midfielder, James Madison, and then if you can bolster that sort of midfield with maybe one or two, like you say value for money, less marquee signings, if you like. And uh, Felix Nemecha represents that in abundance. I think £15 million, 22 years old. He's a German international. He's played regularly at Wolfsburg. I think he ticks a, a, a large number of boxes, really, for what Newcastle will be after. And it, he, like you say, he is a, of a similar ilk to someone like Joe Willick, a similar age as well. And I think a big thing for me, I, I mean, I know he's 
technically a, a foreign import, if you like, if, if he were to come to Newcastle. In fact, he's brought up in England. He's played for or was at Man City for an extended period. That sort of homesickness aspect that you would get potentially with with young players coming from abroad would be would be less of a factor, you'd like to think. So I think this one would be a, a one that would really excite me, even though in terms of, like you say, a marquee signing, it's not not maybe the most glamorous, but it's, it's something Newcastle will need for fighting on, on four fronts next season. I think the, the marquee signings certainly will be left to uh, Saudi Arabia this summer. We've seen PIF taking over four four clubs there. They've signed Karen Benzema and you know, Golo Kante has moved over there. Miles, what just sort of what what can what Saudi Arabia are doing currently in the market? It's sort of a bit like China a few years ago. We saw that die off, but Saudi Arabia seemed to have a renewed sort of vigor behind them. What how do you see the big money deals there they're making, you know, impact world football and Newcastle really? Well, I don't think really what we saw in China a few years ago was was even anything approaching on this scale. Um, it's extraordinary, really. Um, and you can see Newcastle United just fitting into a, a bigger picture here in terms of their push to, to, to bring football to that, uh, you know, top-level football to that country. Um, there's a lot of work to be done, having been out there uh, and seen the stadiums and the setup. Um, but they've got money to burn, and we're seeing that right now. It's, it, as I said, it's absolutely extraordinary. The kind of figures and the names that we're seeing going out there, they're talking to. Uh, obviously, they missed out on on Messi, but uh, the, you know the, the, we're going to see a lot more big names go go there this summer. Uh, and, and it, and as I say, it, it, it's interesting to see, to see where where Newcastle United fits into this. Um, obviously, there's there'll be several strands to the the Saudis and sport. We've got golf, and they obviously they've got a foothold in in terms of. Um, Premier League football, they're looking at the multi-club model elsewhere. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating summer to see how how this all plays out. It really is. And Dom, we've seen, um, as journalists said, the amount of interests that are in the Saudi deal. You know, it's, it's big interest in how that it's going to sort of shape the world of football. As as Miles said, Newcastle sort of fit in there somewhere. We're not sure where right now. But can you see any further, you know, big money moves to Saudi, we've seen Neymar recently linked. Do you think that will become a trend over the next few windows, or even even just this window, where we see the biggest names in football linked with moves over there? Absolutely, and I think Cristiano Ronaldo said it himself. Um, whether you want to say it's arrogant or not, he did get the ball rolling um, back in January. Probably one of the greatest players of all time. Um, moving to the country, world record deal. Um, they're not messing around and we've seen that with uh, the ownership of Newcastle United. Um, money's being spent, obviously restricted by financial fair play. PIF don't don't mess around and, and the fact they've acquired, effectively acquired 75% share in four Saudi Pro League clubs and, and since then, like like you say, the Benzema, the Kante deal's gone through. They've tried to get um, Messi as well. Um, like you say, Neymar, just some of the biggest players in world football are being linked in and I don't think this will this will go away or be a flash in the pan anytime soon so yeah it's it's, it's exciting like like you both say I'm not quite sure what it means for Newcastle United thinking cynically is it a way to could you circumvent financial fair play in some way and, and offer loan deals I'm, it's a bit of a moral grey area personally um, you'd think but um, it's certainly interesting and it's certainly exciting because Newcastle um, last year, they played two um, Saudi Pro League teams, um, Al-Hilal and Al-Itiyad. Um, Benzema and Kante now play for Al-Itiyad. Um, 
Ronaldo plays for Al Al Nassau. So um, you'd think Newcastle would organise another friendly with a Saudi Pro League club potentially this summer, potentially um, as a as a winter friendly. Um, so we could see some big names if if there were at St James's Park, some big names coming to St James's Park to play against Newcastle. It's it's certainly one to keep an eye on. I think just about some window we're expecting a busy you know busy time in Newcastle and and across the world really now especially normally it's just Europe dominating but as we've seen Saudi Arabia will be will probably have their say in the transfer market but as you mentioned there's a potential for a friendly with the Saudi team but ones that have been announced recently we've seen Rangers which is a testimonial for Alan Alan McGregor that's going to be at Ibrox first time in just less than 10 years the Newcastle played there Miles Newcastle will be backed by 8,000 fans there. You know, they've sold out their allocation, unsurprisingly. What, what are you expecting from that from that game and just what an occasion that will be in Glasgow? Well, I, I was there for the last game, you know, 10 odd years ago. Uh, but it won't be anything quite like uh, what we're going to see see this summer with 8,000 fans. Uh, it, it's it, trying to envisage that, uh, that support. Uh, again, that will be extraordinary. Um, I don't know if you've got your got your ticket, Joe. Are you are you going? Uh, yes, I'll be I'll be in amongst the eight thousand somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can only imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like. It's going to be extraordinary. Um, as I say, that uh, you know, Ibrox is uh, at the best of times is a noisy noisy stadium. Add add eight thousand Geordies to it. it it's going to be quite something. Um, yeah, so I think uh, we're all we're looking forward to that one. Absolutely. And we've seen that even though it's just a pre-season friendly with the testimony in there, Eddie Howe doesn't and his team, you know, they don't do friendly games to the miles. You know, they're going to be heading there to get the very best out of that, those 90 minutes. Yeah, certainly. And um, that, that, they'll, they'll be good to go, you'd imagine, from from that very first game, uh, the, the one they've just announced against um, against Gateshead. So, no, they're, they're not, uh, we didn't see them go through the motions at any point last pre-season. Uh, there was, they were, they were, they were really, um, it's uh, really going for it. So this would be, um, I think we're all looking forward to it. Absolutely. As you say, the, the first game of pre-season will be against Gateshead at the Gateshead National Stadium. Now that, that game sold out within within minutes, within hours of it of it being announced this morning. You know, Newcastle have sold that allocation. Unsurprising, it's a little bit less of a trip than the Glasgow. But Dom, I know you, you've, you've tracked Gateshead closely over the last few years, obviously under Mike Williamson. Just describe for the fans who maybe are going to that game or who don't know what Gateshead might offer that day, what style of football do they play and why that it's a big thing that Newcastle aren't just bringing a, you know, an 11 to the team, they're not just bringing under 21s, that they're bringing their, their first team to, to the Gateshead National Stadium that day. Yeah, yeah, we've seen in the in the past Newcastle, have, have like last season, they played Gateshead behind closed doors. Seasons prior to that, they've sent a, a Newcastle eleven made up of basically under twenty ones players. It's since Steve McLaren's first game in in twenty fifteen, the only um, the last time that Newcastle sent a first team, and I think it was five and a half thousand in the international stadium that day. So that's going to be great, great for Gated. Obviously, the issues getting tickets, the demand um, for Newcastle tickets at the moment is. Is so big and Gateshead having to sell the tickets on their own website, just the traffic for that, it's obviously going to be going to be insane. So, um, unfortunately, some people will will miss out, even though the Gateshead International Stadium's a, a big stadium. But um, just on Gateshead, Mike Williamson, like like you say, I've followed Gateshead for a while, and Mike Williamson has, has got a really really good young team with a lot of Newcastle connections there. Um, a lot of players come through the academy. A couple have, have, have recently moved on, but um, he's got them playing some really good football. They like to play it out from the back and attack. Um, not too dissimilar from Newcastle, obviously. Um, 
not quite as intense, but they, they do like to play a good passing game. And, and Mike Williamson, player manager, still technically there. I'd expect him, you'd uh, probably be on the sidelines for, for this game. But um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one in, in Gated. Season before last promoted, and uh, this season got to the FA Trophy final. So, I mean, as far as a fifth uh, fifth tier competition is concerned, I'd expect them to put up a, a decent fight as well. Absolutely, I think it'll be it'll be great. And as you say, they do play really good football. I know that Eddie Howe and his staff were very impressed by that behind closed doors game. And I think that if there is a future for a potential, you know, loan players to go out there, I think it's a really good place to help develop these players, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eddie has spoken previously, loaning players out. It's it's been a, a sticking point for a while, to be honest. Um, obviously, been involved at Gated previously. Uh, why don't Newcastle send us more players? Why why can't we get a, a relationship going there? Because you look at players like Paul Dummett, He he got his his, his started uh, Gated. James Tavernier as well previously was there. Um, had a great loan spell there, and then. Although he moved on from Newcastle, as as forwards a great career at Gator, um, at Rangers, sorry. So yeah, there's certainly value I think for sending players there. It's just about sending the right players there. We saw this season Dan Langley going there on loan, a goalkeeper. It's, it's difficult uh, if it's your first spell in senior football and you're a goalkeeper and this the national league, such a physical league where they're just pile players on top of you from every set piece. Basically, that's going to be tough, and that didn't quite work out, but. Um, if you can send the right players along, that then that would be a great partnership to have because, like you say, it's just across the river. Um, it's easy, easy work. Uh, not a lot of travelling for sure. Lamiobi is a loan manager to go and watch the players and, and see how they're doing as well. Can keep a close eye on them. So I'd like to see it personally, and I, I think both clubs could benefit from it. Perfect, Dom Miles. Thank you for joining me today on the and everyone. Thanks for listening. Please remember that you can sign up for our latest Newcastle United newsletter that will deliver the very latest news from St. James Park Street your inbox by visiting www.shieldsgazette.com forward slash newsletter. Once again, thank you for listening for another episode of the Mouth of Time podcast and we hope you join us again very soon.